And welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me today is Mr. Vernon. Vernon Smith. That's right. And we have a, another guest, a guest, a gentleman who is back. He's back. He's returning. Uh, Mr. Andre Gower, how are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right. Returning, returning. Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. Back, um, back for round two. That's right. Let's get into this. Uh, last time we were talking to you, buddy, we were we were we were um, you know you were talking, telling us about the Wolfman's Got Nards uh, documentary you guys have done, and how's that going? I mean, how how's things going with it? Are you you've been pushing it? You've been going places or anything like that? Uh, it is. I mean, look, we it released domestically uh, in the U.S. and Canada at the end of October, and I think we kind of uh, spoke of that. But since yes. that time, we've actually. Uh, signed our international sales kind of deal uh, with a great company called Raven Banner, uh, which is out of Toronto. And uh, they're they're awesome kind of in the genre space in that, uh, you know, indie uh, sales genre uh, category yeah. all over the place. And, you know, those people have done some good stuff. And uh, most recently, you know, they put out uh, a friend. Of, I call her a friend because we're friendly and we know each other. Uh, Issa <laughs> Lopez's. Uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid movie, nice. uh, which is a fantastic film. And I love that movie. And so I'm just happy to be with Raven Banner internationally. Uh, and they're just starting to put together uh, kind of different markets like Spain and Germany and the UK and Latin America, things like that. So hopefully on the you know the worldwide uh, crowd, we'll start getting a little bit of uh, Wolfman's Gotten Arts. Yeah, I actually, I actually ordered mine. Uh, mine should be in by this week sometime. I had, I'd um, ordered it off of uh, Amazon for a while. It was, it wasn't in stock, and I was like, okay, I'm waiting for it to restock, waiting for restock, and it finally did. So I finally, I got it coming in finally. Yeah, so you're talking about the Blu-ray, which is yes. awesome. It's been, yeah, doing fairly well. Uh, you know, uh, whether there's a couple retailers out there that you can get it from, but mostly it's Amazon and. It, it's i believe it's been doing well i'm actually i don't have the first quarter 2021 reports yet uh but yeah a lot of people of course in genre space like you yeah. you know enjoy physical media like to hold on to something yes and um that's been going great in us and canada so far uh and then vod you know everybody renting it uh, or digitally uh, downloading it to own whether you know they prefer digital ownership or not yeah. uh doesn't matter you know it's uh, to each his own but yeah, the Blu-ray is kind of cool to have. I was just in an awesome uh, event uh, last weekend in, at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh wow, dude, that's so cool. And they do a bunch of cool stuff. And they brought me in for the weekend and did two nights of double feature with Monster Squad and the documentary. And oh, cool. I don't know, there was probably, you know, uh, all told, probably about 500 people there. Damn. And... You know, there was, you know, a couple dozen Blu-rays that I, you know, was off to the side signing. So that was good to see, you know, the that's, Blu-ray doing well. Yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. Like, I, I think uh, Louisiana's really lost the boat, or missed the boat, I should say, with, with the um, not having a drive-through or, or a drive-in or some sh- some shit like that. Like, we really, right. we really lost that market. And I think if someone <clears throat> would be smart enough to do that... I think we'd really be able to rake things in and do and do stuff like that, you know, invite guests such as yourself out to do your movies and do things, you know, 
But man, I would have loved to go on to see that. I think that would have been fantastic. That would have been a really fun Yeah, imagine event. how that would have done like with this past year. Yeah. You know? That's you can't go saying. to theaters and you just go to a drive-in. That's what I'm saying, I mean, man. We lost it, that. It would have killed. Like, well, we, that's what happened a little bit with um, something like the Mahoning, because I think it's technically, I think their slogan is they are the oldest single-screen drive-in in the country. I think wow, they're like 72 nice. and a half years old or something, which is amazing. That is awesome. Uh, but a lot of drive-ins uh, that were originally drive-ins kind of resurrected, if you will, and then a lot just kind of popped up, you know, just for something to do socially, yeah. you know, in a community or in a town when you couldn't go sit in, uh, you know, a traditional cinema. And, right. you know, that it is neat. You know, the hard thing is, is everybody's like, let's just do a drive in. It's for, first of all, not that easy to do it like in <laughs> no. a day. And, you know, then you got to get it out. But I think a lot of people saw the kind of resurgence all over the country of a handful of drive ins, not just the Mahoning. But uh, things like the Starlight in Austin yeah. and, you know, a couple of things on the West Coast and are, are starting to kind of have a reinvigoration of kind of what the drive in is. I love the drive in personally. I, I, I think it's yeah. one of my favorite things of all time, especially memories growing up, because we had a couple cool drive ins, uh, you know all over LA, but especially in the, in the Valley where I grew up, we had two main ones That's cool. and it was great to go see stuff there, but you were really young and then they, yeah, they I mean, went dude, away. Dude, I, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, dude, I, the only memory I have, this is, this is going to sound horrible, but the only memory I have from a drive-in theater was my aunt and uncle being conceived. No. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> no, my aunt. And, yeah. From my aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they took me, my my female cousin, and two of her girlfriends to go see some horror movie. I cannot remember to save my life what it is. I, I want to say it was the, um, oh, God, it was the horror movie with the dummy. You remember the, uh, I don't even remember. Ma- magic? I don't. Like it, 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 it may. Yeah, it was a ventriloquist study. It may have been yeah, magic. Magic with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I think so. It may have been that. Is that right. Um, yeah. But we went to go see this movie, and I don't know, man. I couldn't. I couldn't have been older than eight or nine at the time. And my cousins were older than me, and her her girlfriends were you know the same age. They were probably like 12, 13, you know. So we're in the back of this car. My my aunt and uncle are watching this movie, and my cousin's friends are molesting me in the back, and I got in trouble for that. <laughs> that's 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 what I remember. They wanted to play doctor. I put my air quotes up, and uh, yeah, that's 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 the only memory I have from from oh, wow. from a, a drive through. I mean, drive in. I think that's what a lot of drive in memories. <laughs> right. Well, I know. Uh, you know I know. I've never seen any. You know any movies about the fifties or sixties? Yeah, you know, that's yeah. where all the, all the action took oh, place, man. apparently. Dude, uh, I, but no, I, 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 I think it's a great. I think it's a great venue, and oh, yeah. I've always said drive-ins, especially the traditional ones, whether they're like super rural and you know just white boards taped up to you know a bunch of you know plywood, yeah, um, in the middle of the woods, or if they're like big cineplex, like multi-screen drive-ins, like we had in in the valley. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's such a neat way to experience a movie uh, in your own space, but with a ton of other people, but it's still a social event because everybody has to, let's go out to the lobby, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go out to the lobby. And you you meet at the snack bar at the intermission and you go hang out on the swings. You know, if you had, you know, old school one like that or bring your lawn chairs. So I, I love the, I just love the 
the medium of the drive-in. And right. I, I'm glad it's kind of having a little resurgence. Now, I don't know if Louisiana's you know, missed the boat. I'm sure they had them for years. They just got rid of them. Uh, yeah, and, I heard you know, they it's did. tough. Like, weather is always a thing. But, like, depends on where you are in Louisiana. Like, what they need to do is, uh, you know, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, Theater oh, Chain used yeah. to do this amazing thing during the summers called the Rolling Roadshow. And they basically uh, manufactured this giant inflatable drive-in movie theater screen. And it was Whoa. like big size. It wasn't rinky-dink at all. And then they had an, a, a traveling, uh, you know, a portable broadcast audio system to run the movies. And they had amazing movies in amazing locations. That's so it moved wild. around. That's and really so like cool. the, the best one is the screen is on the beach in Martha's Vineyard <laughs> and you're floating in the water <laughs> watching Jaws. Oh, <laughs> dude, that's great. So I'm thinking like Louisiana based, like we need to float like in the swamp, like in some bass boats or something <laughs> while the movie's like on the dock. Yeah. Like, and we're watching like alligator oh, or yeah. piranha uh, or something. This one, this somebody said deliverance or yeah, or, or yeah. like, or like, uh, what was that? Lake Placid or some some crazy movie. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, oh, crocodile oh, or alligator, piranha would be red. Yeah, that'd be that. <laughs> oh be yeah, that would be good, dude. That's a great idea. Oh, yeah, I did one in um in Cape Cod a couple of years ago. It's the first time I'd ever been to one, and um, it was like you know my wife and my daughter, so it's not a story like Wayne's. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad, man. I can't help oh, it, dude. It's, it's, what, it's what happened. But, I'm not gonna lie. Hey, not that we didn't try, but um, <laughs> no, uh, they well they were showing Spider Man Homecoming and it was really cool and and it was like you know all the cars were there and 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 they're like yeah just tune your radio to like whatever at the end of the dial like like an eighty eight point two or something and right. you can pick it up or they had like the old speakers from the fifties and sixties that were on the side <laughs> and. The radio actually didn't sound that because we were like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that'll probably sound better. The other thing would probably be like, but the radio was really cutting in and out. And the and the old like Motorola speakers on the yeah. side, they probably put, were, like they, they probably know, redid that. Metal. dude. They probably put bows in there and everybody was like, oh, man, <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> but it sounded amazing. I was like, yeah, let, let's let's do it like old style because the, the radio was blowing ass That's as far funny, as the sound man. quality goes nice uh, andre man we, I've, I've asked you uh i don't know if i asked you this before but uh did, what is if you had to pick one film in the entire like world that you can watch over and over again which what would it be oh man i have to pick one because i have like a i have like okay, okay top five how about, how about that can you do your top uh, five maybe my top five movies uh, that you can watch like constantly like if you if you're if you're in a bored day or something you know what you know what it's like a comfort film you know uh, everybody has well those. you mean like i did all weekend <laughs> yeah right right right, right, right. I, I, you know the funny thing is i do have a handful of those uh but i'm a tv i'm a tv fiend like i love tv nice and uh, I, I think because I'm getting I'm in the bottom half of the of the older domestic curmudgeon demographic. I'm with you on those. I'm, I'm right. I'm, TV. I'm right and there I've with you. I always love network TV shows. Um, and I think because I grew up in them and on, and, and on them and right. with them. And I seriously just I, I, I just watched the reruns of Law and Order SVU all day Saturday. Oh, nice. and, I, and I know dialogue to some of the episodes. <laughs> and I do oh, that yeah. very early. I do that with also with with ER, which is my all time favorite TV show. That's and a good show. 
the best TV show of all time is my nostalgic one is Emergency, the old paramedic show from the 70s. Wow, dude. Um, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that. Oh, you've got to go. Oh, buddy. Really? the jam. Really? Okay. Really, it starts off with, that's a whole other concept, but it starts, it's about the, um, the beginning of the L.A. Fire Department paramedic program, which started nice. in the early late 60s, early 70s nice. uh, with a handful of firefighters and a handful of doctors. And then they had to get the bill passed to where because there, there was no such thing as paramedics or EMTs. And they used to have rescue firemen that would pull you out of your car wreck or out of the burning building. Right. But then like two dudes in like white sweaters would pull up in this, you know, hearse looking station wagon ambulance and then drive you to the hospital and you got no medical care until you got to the hospital so la county was one of the first places that started on scene medical care with paramedics and the the show is basically the story of that um that's cool and it's just these great adventures it's such an la it's i love that show i grew up watching it and you know in that phase where every kid wanted to be a fireman yeah um Movies. We'll get back to movies. Yeah. Because uh, unfortunately, I'll talk to TV. I'll talk about TV for forever. Oh, we'll get back into that because I have some stuff I need to ask you. So go ahead. Keep going. There's a handful. I'll go with. Um, <sighs> See, uh, a- uh, look, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say these three, and then there's a fourth. All right. Because uh, they're all music based. They all start with the letter P, uh, and then there's an outlier. Uh, like currently, right now. If these movies are on, I watch them, and sometimes I will play them just to have them. And one is Purple Rain. Beautiful. The other one is uh, Pure Country. Nice. And the other one is Pitch Perfect. Nice. And mm. uh, I, I love the Pitch Perfect movies. They're, they're funny, dude. Fantastic. They're, yeah, they're great. Yeah. Uh, and um, I absolutely love uh, the film Molly's Game. Uh, I don't, which I don't know that at all. Uh, Jessica Chastain. It's Aaron Sorkin's first directing job, but he also okay. wrote the script. So, the two-person dialogue between Chastain and Idris Elba. I mean, like, and it's based on a true story oh, okay. about Molly Bloom, who was uh, she was uh, this uh, you know world-class skier who got injured, ended up running a poker game, the the largest poker game in L.A. and New York, and became famous. But then, kind of went down in this weird, you know, uh, indictment with the feds. Uh, and it's just a fascinating story, and her real life story is fascinating. But the movie's fantastic. Like even if it was fictional, <laughs> right? And I don't know why. I don't know what it is that movie. I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I like Jessica Chastain. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, she's in a lot of movies that I dig. Um, like real that I will watch if they're on, and it's not just her. She, she she's a major component of that because I think she's versatile and she's good. But she brings you know, Chastain to everything that she does, which is awesome. And like, look, if interstellar's on, I'm watching it. Dude, um, that movie's great. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, the interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great sci-fi. Oh yeah. And it's a lot of people don't like it because it's very Nolan where it's a little over their heads. Yeah. yeah. They don't understand what's going on. And they're like, how come they go back up to the ship? And the guy's like 20 years older. Because like, they were right next to a black hole. I like, never mind. You got no relativity? I was like, come on. Should we go over in general? Or, or relatively? Which one do you want to go over? Uh, so it's fun to you know talk about that. But um, I love Interstellar because I, I, I like the way they shot it. Um, yeah. 
you know, no no green screen, you yes. know, stuff like that. I, I think it makes a big difference. But it's a great story. Yeah. And Matt Damon's a dick in it again. Like what's it like he does? <laughs> I guess he's playing himself. I don't know. No, I don't. Ah. Really do I, I think uh, I like when he plays a dick sometimes because uh, it comes across well, and I think he's always having fun with it. Uh, but oh, you, oh, sorry, that was the the segue with Matt Damon um, because that's another movie of the last ten years that I absolutely love that no one remembers that I will watch because it's so good. Uh, is The Good Shepherd? You know what? I've never, never seen that film, but I've heard praises like people that i know that watch it love that movie and a lot of people don't like it because i can imagine because it's a slow burn and nothing really happens like you don't understand what's going on and not only me being a you know i'm a sci-fi kid so i really like sci-fi a little bit more than genre uh, than Mm -hmm. horror genre and but i am a cold war soviets versus the americans (laughs) east versus west fiend like i love the history of it i love that, that, those are those are the books I read like on the weekends. <laughs> like you know, I read nonfiction, uh, you know, historical stuff about the Cold War and and espionage and the agencies and uh, and the Good Shepherd was the beginning of of CIA nice. uh, with certain not not an actual kind of you know historical blow by blow. Right, we've right, seen right. those. Um, it, it was you know it was about this one character and 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 the burgeoning agency and. Uh, you know him going through like I think it's something like twenty something years, and <laughs> it's it, it's so good. And Matt Damon's fantastic in it because he plays this guy with sort of this just like slow affect, not like he's challenged mentally, but he is socially kind of quiet. He's just driven and he's smart and he's a he's just a problem solver and he's analytical and he's just all about getting business done. That's cool. And I think that's why a lot of people turned it. I was like, do you realize how good this performance is? <laughs> I was like, and everybody's really good at that movie. The Matt Damon's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I know, I'm going to, I'm going to, actually, I just was typing that in to make sure I got it. For, <laughs> I need to keep how, that. How film. was that for a tangent? You asked a question and got like, what the? That's, that's great. No, dude, uh, that, that's what we, that, look, that's what we live for in this show, man. It's because yeah. like, I but, like. You know, here's another, here's, here's another one uh, that, segues into that cold war aspect okay. uh it's a great movie uh he, uh the, he won the supporting actor oscar and no one likes the movie which is bridge of spies with with tom hanks and it's it's very really? but it's very toned down it's so good too you see i've never seen that either I've never, and nothing i got away from watching tom hanks films because i got kind of burnt on him for a while because everything was tom hanks tom hanks tom hanks tom hanks and it was always the same thing in my they opinion, you know my opinion. I haven't watched any of this. Like, like this movie sounds like it's something I would be interested in. Yeah, Bridge of Spies is great because it's a, a true story. It's based on a true story as well. When um, uh, they uh, the it's not the bridge of the Brandon Brigade. It's the other one, I believe, which is where it's a famous bridge that they did all of these spy swaps for like you okay. know twenty years or something. Uh, and this was a true story, and uh, it's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, it sounds uh, like, watch that one. I'm, I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's historical. You can look it up. What's and, the name of it again? Spoilers. Bridge, bridge of bridge spies. Of, bridge of spies. Okay, yeah, definitely. Bridge of spies. You know, speak, speaking of spy stuff, and you and you said you're a huge fan of television. I've been stuck on this show for the last like I don't know, has to be two, two, three weeks now, maybe longer. But I've been watching Burn Notice. Have you ever watched that show? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the USA Network. 
from yeah. day one. It was a great show. Dude, I've never seen this show. I'm in I'm in like season uh five or six now. Man, this show okay. is so good. It's it really it, is good. And uh, and what's great wow, about okay. Burn Notice, uh besides Bruce Campbell, yeah, uh and um Gabrielle Amor is um uh Sharon Gless is awesome in it. Uh, and then uh, uh, Michael, the, the lead, everybody's great. And it, it kind of holds, it's very entertaining. It's a little yes. over the top with the camp, well, well, yeah. but it's still based in some kind of interesting subterfuge, dark shadowy world of, you know, you know, kind of what happens. Yeah. It, it's totally fantastical. It's great, but it's still grounded enough to you enjoy it. And it, and the writing was, you know, was sharp enough and the acting was great. Uh, and, you know, it's sort of like this dark, shadowy, you know, underbelly world that's all taking place in, you know, pink flamingo Miami. <laughs> Miami, yeah. Yeah, see, all, all I would, all I know about the show is I would see commercials for it when watching, like, Law & Order or Law & Order SVU or Law & Order fucking whatever, uh, criminal, criminal intent, like, what, <laughs> whichever of them I was always watching. <laughs> and I would always see commercials for, like, Suits and burn yes. notice and yeah. and it was and and all i knew of it was like uh what's his name Bruce uh, jeffrey donovan yeah um, um being it, like he was just there in like a silver suit with a gun looking intense and i'm like what the hell is this show it's just it's always him and maybe like some girl in a bikini and a gun and and i i never saw it I, he was awesome and uh he's in that fargo TV series. Oh, he's um, great. I think the oh, was he? Third I didn't know he was fourth season. I didn't know yeah, he was in Fargo. Was, okay. And it was like when I'm watching, I'm like, oh shit, I might have to go back and watch Burn Notice. This dude, dude's fucking amazing. Dude, <laughs> let me. It's fun. Dude, it's, it, it's really fun. Yeah. I watched that uh, basically through the entire run, and nice. it. Um, I'm I don't think it, it ever got stale or ever jumped the shark. Um, no, I, I don't find bad. it. I don't find Not it getting too, too crazy. I mean, there there is some moments where I'm like, really. You're going to fucking do this. But, you know, I mean, you got to look at it like this. It's a TV show, guys. You know, it's, it's okay. Right, you know, right. They can do a little bit of craziness. Yeah. But, yeah, they don't really jump the shark on it. But, no, man, like, I, I slept on that. I was kind of like Vernon at it. I was kind of like, yeah, it looks okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's all right. But I'm not going to sit there and, and, you know, put my time into it. But, boy, man. I was looking for something to watch, and I forgot who told me go watch Burn Notice. Like, all right, so oh, I started yeah. watching that Good shit. Good choice. Man. Good call. Good choice on that TV poll. Yeah, dig ah, it. dude, and I stuck at that, and I watched that, and I was stuck on. I don't know if you've seen Shooter. Have you seen that? No. The, uh, the The TV show or the film? The TV show, not the film. With With Ryan Phillippe. Yes. Uh, I I ha I haven't. I've watched a little of it, but I just didn't start the show. I don't know why. I think some <laughs> very a la Burn Notice, but uh, what I was just praising <laughs> that the fun of that show. But shows that have the protagonist uh, look me with my big words, fellas, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, uh, that means with, with the main guys. character that has been done wrong and is on the run and has to prove himself. I've gotten a little annoyed with current productions where it takes so long for them to get through the obstacle, you know, I get you. Yeah. We got to clear his name, but it takes four and a half years. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, dude, And some are done well and some are done kind of boring. I don't know if I thought that was shooter or not. And I don't know if it's a Philippi thing where I don't buy him in the role because I think he's good in it. I think he's fine. Well, Um, we've, 
I just haven't got into it like 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 a lot of people have. Yeah, well, I, the the reason I watched it was because uh, well, past guest was, was on it. Uh, uh, Eddie McClintock uh, from Warehouse Thirteen, he um he was actually one of the, the the guys in it for the first season or first first maybe maybe he was in it to second. Oh, rad! Yeah, but, that's awesome. But you know, I was watching it just to do some research. Man, I got hooked on that show. It's only <laughs> it's only it's only three seasons, but it's so fucking impactful like it's it's like you feel for these people dude like it's it's unbelievable how they drug me through the mud on the show well, that's, that's a sign of a good show that's yeah if it, if it hits yeah. you there and connected then it yeah, works and, and, and that's what i'm saying it's hard to do in tv but sometimes when it works it works you know and i was like i was hooked and i, I just finished it um uh saturday i finished the last episode and i was just like that's it Come on! <laughs> what are you doing to me, man? You know, but it was yeah, great. I'm hooked on a show that a, another previous guest mentioned. He wasn't in it, but he just mentioned it in conversation called "For All Mankind" um, on Apple, and it's oh, like yeah. the the space race between America and the Soviets, but the Soviets land on the moon first. Yeah, and so that like it takes cool. place. Oh, it's so. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm in season two, and I think there's only two seasons right now. And every time an episode ends, I'm like, oh, please have like play next come up because I'm, I'm <laughs> I am so Jonesing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it it goes from the '60s, and they're like in the early '80s now, and and I mean like there there are things uh, like just with that, and just with like the individual people and and their stuff going on. I'm like, dude, I'm like almost crying yeah. every episode, yeah. and like it's it's just like there's so much good stuff on there, and I'm like, what? I mean, just for something like because Apple Plus is kind of an obscure streaming service even though it's like you know it's apple but yeah, now like i only have it because it came when i got an ipad and they're like yeah you get this for a year and i'm like oh okay cool um but it's like you know it's not it's not, not one's like one of the big ones that people mention like amazon netflix hulu or whatever and i'm like this show should be fucking everywhere it's yeah so well it will be eventually when apple buys every other <laughs> yes. streamer Right. So, and then it's just you have uh, – and then Google and Amazon buy all the others. Right. And then Amazon <laughs> buys Google. <laughs> and then there's Whoa. just Amazon and Apple. <laughs> and yeah. you, can watch every, you can watch everything with one button. But right. I think what we're, what we're – see- like you've mentioned – we've mentioned shows of where uh, – I don't even know if you call those TV shows, right? Right. Uh, because right. they're so different than what television used to be. And we've gotten away from – uh, yes, definitely the network tentpole kind of procedurals. Oh yeah, uh, that we're right. so used to over decades, and even currently. But even the tentpole procedurals have storylines that will thread through, you know, behind episodes and, and go throughout, season, you, know, yeah. you know, a whole season arc, which you didn't really used to have that. And right. you know, for you know, probably fifteen, twenty years, we've seen that. But when you, then cable came in, and now streaming. You've basically taken that procedural and gotten rid of it, and you've just made a thing where you have this first episode, and you're like, oh, this looks great. i got to finish the story, and it's only 10 episodes per season. But then seven, eight, nine, you're like, it doesn't resolve. i I got to – and it's this automatic hook. And they've just taken that movie feel and spread it out over 10 hours. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. We are gobbling it up. 
And the first experiment of that in, you know, it kind of in my mind with streamers was when Netflix hit with House of Cards. Yeah. And uh, no one, they didn't know what binge watching was. And then they're like, why are we dumping all this on the same day? (laughs) Everybody's watching it on Sat. Like, it's done now. And then they're like, oh, shit, we got to make some content because people, they're not waiting. They're not watching an episode and then going to work and then waiting a week and going on vacation and coming back and watching it five days later. They're just, like you said, play next. Play next. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'll sit there and watch your remote. You just roll right into it. Yeah. Five or six episodes. I don't even know I'm watching them. And then all of a sudden, I get the, are are you still watching? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Netflix, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Stop it. I'm trying to watch this. Not only did you just mention the other side I was gonna I was gonna point out, but look what look what that dynamic has done. Uh, you know, what, what we've done to that and with that dynamic of watching is now you have are you still watching or have you fallen asleep or did you die? <laughs> yeah, exactly. while you're on the couch. But now the best invention they ever did in my mind was the skip intro button. Oh, oh yeah. god, yeah, dude. Because you uh, you 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 know you're binge watching, and you're like, I know every melody note in the opening yeah, of this. Yeah. Okay, Good. it's too long. Get to the get to the story. Yeah. <laughs> and but the crazy thing, like we've got a uh, we've got Disney Plus, and they have that. Um, there's a show Once Upon a Time that came out like about ten years or so ago. Oh and yeah, it's yeah, great show. Uh, I'd never seen it before. I remember like seeing ads in the back of comics. I never watched it. But it's like. It's 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 really good. It's like you know the, all those storybook characters. They come to like this real town, but they're they have their memories wiped by the evil queen. Blah blah blah. And so there's the skip <laughs> intro thing when the theme, like when the when the uh, you know the, the title music comes on, but the the theme song is just dun 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 dun, and that's it. It's like, dude, I'm gonna skip a five. Are people that? Pressed for time, it's like, I don't have time to sit around for dun 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 dun. I'm like really? Well, like you need to jump into the action. And I get skip the five second song. I can understand not skipping that, but like as for burn notice, you got the entire him explaining who he is, how he got burned, what happened, right? And it, and then right. so you skip that, and then I get another skip that says. Do you want to skip recap? Yes. You know, so it's like, <laughs> damn. Yes, I just recaps good too because I just watched it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think? I watched this a week ago? What, what is this? 2010? No. <laughs> right. You know, and, 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 you know, and if you've watched Burn Notes a million times, you're like, hi, uh, my name's Michael Soto. Uh, this is what happens when you. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm woken up. Where am I? Miami. You know, it's like you know, you know it all. By exactly. Now. Yeah. I mean, you know the whole damn beginning. But uh, you know, I think, I think it's it it the last TV show that I seriously sat down and waited every week for. With and this was like prior to it, this might have been right when um, I got air quotes TiVo or the recording. You know, the easy recording button. DVR. Stuff, you know, DVR shit was coming out. Uh, was lost. You know, like Lost, I would, I, I don't care what anybody would do. I told everybody, you got to leave me alone <laughs> that day. I'm going home. Yeah, I'm watching fun. this fucking TV show and don't call me. You know, this is all it was. That might be the, that might be the answer for everybody was the last show that people really, 
they were like, hey, do you want to go? Uh, I've got two tickets to see, uh, you know, Billy Joel. And they're like, no, Lost is on. Exactly. Lost, it yeah. was like, I got that. I mean, were you, like, were, were you a big Lost fan? Were you were you into it? Uh, me? Yeah. I have I have watched two episodes of Lost. I've watched the pilot, which I don't remember. And I watched this this the season opener to season two when it was with Michelle Rodriguez and the other group on the other side of the island, yes. which I thought was genius. Oh, and I've never yeah. seen another episode. So really? I've never seen Lost. So I've technically never watched Lost and I've never seen Avatar. So there there I am. Wow. I can't believe that, man. You're And you're being a TV guy. I can't believe you didn't watch Lost. I'm surprised. I think you know what, it, what one other thing that also bothers me is everybody was so into Lost. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you're that into it, I'm not. It's such right. a, it really <laughs> is. I, I hate falling into that. Oh, my God, I got to go see Lost. I'm like, I don't care. Dude, yeah. it, it was such a good show, man. Like, I, 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 I even, even everybody else threw shit on the ending. I was still like, it, it was cool to me. I didn't care. I loved it. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It, it was a good show. It, it was a good show until the end. It, it, it was. Yeah, they're all dead, right? It's like okay, great. It, ending. it was oh. a good show. But I mean, we called it like after season three. You know, everybody was like, "Well, this is what right. the ending is going to be." No, no, it's not going to be like that. We promise. Yeah, and then fucking. Well, you know, I think what happened with Lost is exactly that. It was so big, yeah, and so huge, and world changing, and program changing, and probably ad revenue changing. Uh, you know, for network shows at that time, it had to have been the leader, right? Oh and yeah, for sure. 100%. They were like, yeah, you know, we, you know, when we pitched the show, we kind of had like three seasons, maybe four in mind. But it's the biggest thing on the goddamn planet. Uh, we've got to push this out. Yeah. And so, how do we do that? Yeah, it was <laughs> like, it was definitely we should, a we should end it after season three. We really should. And I think with that dynamic is what we're seeing with this premium content, limited kind of episode stuff. That's why this yeah. stuff's so good because it doesn't get drawn out. Yeah, they keep you engaged for ten episodes a season. Or if it's like a one, I love one and done type things that are like five, six episodes. I love that. Yeah. yeah as long as they, they continue and do the, you know, complete story and you're not at the end of it, you're going, what the hell am I waiting on? You know, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what does suck is, you know, there's always people that, you know, love a show and it gets canceled and they didn't oh. get to the resolution. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, Man. I'm going to kill you. Man, there are so many sci-fi shows that I'm just sitting there going, where is the rest of my Terra Nova? I want to watch the rest of this show. And it's like, you know. Firefly is coming back. Right, where is oh. Firefly? Oh, these motherfuckers, man. They kill me, dude. It's like, oh, did they just float away? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a there was a breach in the airlock and everybody's dead. Bye. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's space travel. It sucks. Uh, Ask Elon Musk; he's gonna kill you know a bunch of people. Are gonna die. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, great, great quote. I I so want to sign up for his astronaut program. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Actually, I totally would. By the way. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and then they almost all got hit by a piece of space junk. So it's <laughs> was it was it his car? I'm just wondering. Uh, how funny would that be? Right, right. Like, like they almost get they almost get hit by something, go up? and it was his fucking car. Go up or does it go down? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, all right, man. So on your on your free time when you're not doing anything, do you actually um do you do you have a like, this is weird because I'm like Vernon Vernon's a comic book artist, 
and uh-huh. and I collect, you know, pop culture shit, toys, you know, things like that. You know, just a bunch. Yep. They have crazy amounts. So, do you do anything like that? Do you have any kind of odd, crazy, you know, hobbies that no one knows about? Ooh. Um, you- I am a collector of burritos. Nice, but mm. I don't keep them. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly buy burritos. Like, I don't know why they um, keep disappearing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't. Ha- I'm just curious, I don't man. I think weird. I have anything weird like that because I, I try not to collect anything uh, because I have too. I, I, I can't. I, I just have too much stuff. Yeah, right? Right. I think we all do. Yes, and then yeah. you get a little bit older, and you're like, oh my god, I, I can't have this stuff. And what's unfortunate, not unfortunate, which is fortunate, but also. I found a way to uh, to still enjoy it and then get enjoyment out of it is, you know, for you know, it, I'm very fortunate when I go around and like I'm doing a guest appearance or a convention or, right. you know, a screening or something like you go to a convention, everybody want, you meet all these cool people and vendors and, and they want to give you stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, first of all, Mr. Awesome t- T-shirt vendor at, you know, Horror Hound or something. Right. Uh, and I've met cool people, by the way. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm actually friends with, you know, because you see them all the time and they have awesome products. But they're like, hey, man, uh, pick a shirt, get a shirt. I was like, dude, if I get one more freaking shirt, yes. <laughs> like I can't or like a film festival. I was like, I just purged a bunch of stuff. But um, I'll always trade. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not giving me a shirt. This is your business. Um, you know, I, I come over to my table and pick a photo. Like, and oh, I'll that's sign nice, and man. Oh, like, cool. And they come to pay for it. I'm like, I'm not pay. I'll trade you. And uh, that way, it's a one to one. So I'm getting rid of something I have by getting something else. Yeah. And if someone does give you a swag bag or like they're like, hey man, I just wanted you to have this. I'm always appreciative because it's great. Uh, but I'll also find a way if uh, I, I I'll hear fans be like, oh my god, I got that print, uh, but they sold out, and I'll be like, here's mine have mine that's nice i man. want nice. you to enjoy it because it's going to stay rolled up in a tube in my garage right that's not fair to the artist <laughs> or the fan right. and or a t-shirt and you know sometimes i'll trade t-shirts you know and um you know i, I like doing that i can't the only thing i collect is golf balls and okay. um because i'm a i'm a golf i'm a golf fiend really and burritos and burritos and, and, and pa- paperback books which i used to keep because i thought they were trophies and then you're like, no, you know, you got you got to read it and get rid of it. You can't hold on to a paperback, right? Because <laughs> you just have like a garage full of paper. <laughs> and 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 the value on those things don't go up. <laughs> and uh, I will very. This sucks for retailers, but I would very. Uh, I I love used bookstores. Oh yeah, so do I. Yeah. And I, never... I will. What I'll do is I will. There's a great one. You know, there's a great one in the valley in L.A. Uh, called in North Hollywood called uh, the Iliad. And nice. it's been there forever. And they shut down all during pandemic, which sucked. And then, uh, but I, they have this great kind of like exchange program. I think, you know, a lot of bookstores do, use bookstores. And you're part of the little club and you got a little card or whatever. And you buy a paperback for like three or four bucks. If you bring it back, you get a dollar credit. I'm like, yeah, damn right, sell oh, this book oh. again. Damn, dude, that's Absolutely awesome. Absolutely sell this book again. Because then I'll stack up like five paperbacks and I'll read them in 
a couple weeks and then bring back five and go get two new ones. Like I'm basically just paying myself at the bookstore. <laughs> right, right. You just bring, here's five. I'll take that one. Go ahead. See you later. Like, you know? That's right. And they're like, we'll do that all day long. Do you yeah. know this business model? I'm like, I don't care if I'm getting screwed here. I'm making <laughs> out like a bandit because I'm buying books for $3 yeah. and then you're getting to resell them so someone else can enjoy them. Yeah. And, and I get to get um, rid I, of I, a bunch of old ones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, but like uh, I'm I'm flying tomorrow, uh, and so like and I'm almost done with the book in hand, and so I'll be buying a retail book at the airport tomorrow. Oh so no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Hey, what do you... I, yeah, I'm, we're trying to spur in the economy. You know, so the retail economy is, is the thing. So we're trying yeah. to help the economy. So I'm gonna bring it up. You're gonna be like, how much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> I've been buying. I've been buying books for three dollars. Y'all are screwing me. <laughs> you expect me to pay ten dollars? <laughs> and I just got three for ten dollars on thriftbooks.com. You oh, know, it's nice. like, wait. Uh, yeah, I've been to I, that I, site. I love the hunt. I love the hunt at the used bookstore, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's almost because everybody's like, "Why don't you just order them?" And the same thing. I'm like, "That's not a hunt." No, yeah, no. I and, like the hunt. And you but know, no, when I I don't collect stuff, I collect used books, but I, I read them and I get rid of them, um, and. I'm a I'm a golfer, so you gotta collect golf balls. My yeah. my my wife tells me that all the time too. She's like, "Well, look, why do you want to go to six different stores?" I'm telling her. I said, "Cause look, I'm hunting for this specific action figure. You know, like I gotta go." <laughs> she goes, "But if it's not at one, it's not gonna be at all." I said, "No, it's not like that. They all right. they all stock different stuff. It always has something different." And she's like, "Whatever. Why don't you just order it? Cause it's not fun." <laughs> It's not the same. It's not fun, man. I like to go in there and I would like to watch the guy that's behind me who's also a collector going, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) When I get the one that's on the board, uh, you know? With action figures, what's your favorite action figure that you have? That I have? Um, Yeah. I can't, actually, I can't really pick one, but I do have a, uh, one. I have one that's like, it's close to my heart. It was mm. it was uh, my father's toy when he was a little oh. boy. Cool. Uh, it's a cool. it's a it's probably about two to three inches tall. It's the last thing he ever had as a toy, you know. It uh-huh. was it's probably about two or three inches tall, but it's a Howdy Doody and it's plastic. Oh and, wow! And on the back of it has a little lever that you can hit it, and his little mouth opens up and down. Uh, and uh, that uh, is probably creepy. And I mean, I know it's not. It's not like like I have Star Wars toys that are worth way more than than the little the little thing. But that personally means more to me than any of my oh, stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 My, and my even if it wasn't the sentimental thing, I mean, that's that's I've never seen that before. Right. It's really cool. You know, like, and that'd be just a cool thing if you found that. A, I say I'll be like, yeah, dude. Yeah, you, yeah. Have you ever seen a Howdy Doody like three inch tall action figure? No, right. no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that and, actually might be worth some money. I don't know if you, yeah. I don't know if it has a price. On it's it's there. about two hundred bucks. Is it really? Yeah, it's about two, only about two hundred bucks, awesome. but it's still cool. Did it yeah. Come with like a free pack of Lucky Strikes back then. Probably, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> but some, of, but some of my 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 favorite, like I I collect mostly is uh, is like. I was into Star Wars for years, like years and years and years, and I kind of right. got out of it because of the fact that it, they just kept putting out the same figure on a different card. <laughs> it was over uh, and over again, man. Uh-huh. And so I got out of that, and then I um, they started releasing the uh, Masters of the Universe, the He-Man stuff again, and I got way into sure. that, you know. Yeah. So okay. that's what I'm into now. So I've Do you got, keep them in the box mentioned... or take them out? 
Me, yeah, oh, that I'm gonna be my next question. Inbox collector, man. Oh, uh, inbox. Oh, inbox. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but well, I do. Since, I'll, you I'll mentioned, take... since you mentioned those two things, yes. I have two separate stories for you. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, cool. One is, uh, yeah, you know, grew up huge Star Wars fan. Oh yeah, you know, loved him, loved Empire, and then you know, eighty. So you're a true 80, Star Wars fan. Eighty two, eighty three. Um, you know, the third one's coming out yes. and I was a, you know, I was a kid in LA. I was 10, nine, nine, 10. And I got invited. I, I, I still don't remember if it was an Academy screening or a DGA screening. Oh, I think it was a DGA screening, but it was at the Academy building on Wilshire, like this, you know, this big, awesome, gorgeous theater. And it, you know, it was a big event for, uh, and Luca, like every, like Lucas was there and like some cast was there Fuck. And if you were a kid at the screening, which there was only a handful that got invited, uh, you got a swag bag. Wow. And so I'm there and I get this, you know, plastic bag, you know, all branded uh, for the movie. And it had, you know, a couple action figures and like an EPK and uh, or it's not even EPK. It's like a PK, a press kit. And it had uh, some knickknacks and it had a box that was a ship. Uh, and now, mind you, the the kicker to the story is uh, all of this stuff was branded Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, you had oh. that, too. They hadn't changed the title yet. Dude. And so as a kid, oh, I got the swag bag of action figures and buttons and a box with a ship that doesn't exist in any of the movies. Uh, Whoa, and dude. on the box, it has the ship that says uh, "Revenge of the Jedi." Dude, that's so. And so, you know, and this is like six months before the movie comes out or something. Uh... And then they change. Like, I didn't know they were going to change the title. Right. And right. so I unbox all the stuff and throw away the packaging <laughs> and play with all the shit for a year before the movie comes out. Man. And you know, obviously, didn't keep any of that. Right. Right. For a while. And the only thing I, I still have the button. It's that's like awesome, a, dude. It's that's like a great. three inch round button that yeah. says Revenge oh, cool. of the Jedi. Dude. And I still have that. Dude, people I there uh, people. Have you kill. looked up the stuff to see like what No, I have or, not. Is that, yeah, yeah, I have probably not. a good idea. You no. know you know the the uh <laughs> the card backs that say Revenge of the Jedi on it, like the the original ones, they're selling for like four or five hundred bucks. Just just the card. Just the card. That people yeah. pulled the damn figure off of. <laughs> oh, no. So I have, there was a, uh, a box, and this was before blister packs. I mean, it was like box, yeah, like yeah. cardboard with a, win- like with a window and the, yeah. and the ship zip-tied, you know, to the back of the, <laughs> uh, the, the board on the back of the packaging. And yeah. it, was, uh, it was supposed to be the Imperial Freighter. Wow. Which is, you know, in the movie, it's that kind of slick, white, big winged one when the wings yeah. come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, that's uh, the, uh, the Emperor's, the Emperor's yeah. shuttle, yeah. So, and the one that they steal to go to Endor, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be this ship, but this toy, and I think the original concept of that ship was this little boxy, clunky, yes. uh, basically looked like a... a a gray cigar box like on end with a can like a long cannon coming out the nose and the wings folded down and then like had a hatch out the back yeah but you don't ever see this boxy clunky square ship (laughs) or rectangular ship in any movie they made it kind of like that much more slick imperial shuttle which i thought was like i like this thing better and i was like and then the movie comes out i'm like i've got this ship i'm like wait where's my ship (laughs) 
<laughs> You're like, this is some bullshit, man. I didn't man. realize, you know, it's like, oh, they changed the title. They did all this. They don't have the ship. Oh, I'm 10. This ship is worth $3 million right now. And it's, right. You know, <laughs> exactly. and, then, and then, you know, years later, it gets traded or tossed or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, I mean, And dude. then what's funny, since you meant, so there's my Revenge of the Jedi story. Um, man. And it was an it was it was a it was a fabulous experience. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, except for the movie had Ewoks, which I'm. Not. You know what? <laughs> I just want to say not an Ewok I, fan, but that's a whole I, other I, podcast. I just want to <laughs> say I, I am proud to say that you are a true Star Wars fan because I can't stand Ewoks either. And Empire is definitely the best movie. It, it is. <laughs> love 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 the first one, which oh, is yeah. Star Wars, by the way. Yes, people. Yeah, um, not a new hope. The uh, Empire is great. Uh, I'll tell you, Return would have been better if that battle was the Wookiee planet and yes. it was Wookiees versus Stormtroopers. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. um, and then they tried to get into that later, and it just sucked. Yeah, um, but yeah. uh, anyway, like I said, whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> my man, Henry McComas, who I made the documentary with, who's really uh, the kind of uh, technical and, and, and a lot of creative force behind Wolfman's Got Nards, um, which is available for blu-ray and vod download now um, right. go get it people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. gotta get it in there guys. oh yeah hell yeah, uh, yeah. he's got a, well, yeah he, he's got a, do you have a set. preference on whether people buy the actual dvds or stream it does it matter either way it is up to them i mean it's what oh, okay. they prefer i i wouldn't want to tell someone that's like i have a whole digital library <laughs> you know on hard drives and i'm like that's dumb buy a blu-ray i would never say right. that <laughs> um, because you, know, you are stupid and but here's the other thing. A lot of Monster Squad fans and that are now Wolfman's Got Narts fans, they have both. <laughs> and the reason right. is because as collectors, you'll get it. They want the Blu-ray next on the shelf next to all their other Monster Squad stuff. Yep. Uh, but then they also want the digital download so they can travel with it. Right. Because uh, it's on their, on their tablet or on their phone or on their laptop. So that's awesome. Uh, but I, I promised you a second story. Sorry, I'm getting long-winded oh, yeah. uh, when you no mentioned problem. Masters of the Universe. So, of course, at that same time, you said Masters of the Universe comes out, and it's a huge hit. Uh, and, of course, when you have um, new products for kids, you're going to have a ton of commercials. Oh, yeah. And if you troll YouTube and just look up old Masters of the Universe commercials for new products or figures, yeah. uh, you'll see me in about a third of them. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, because oh, <laughs> I, I did at least – a dozen or 20 masters of the universe commercials. <laughs> dude, that's so, dude, and, that's so uh, awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny because, um, well, they worked cause I had all of them. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did the original, um, uh, I could be wrong. I, I, I did beast man when they introduced awesome. beast man, and I think I, I think we introduced, Manny faces. I could Ooh. be uh, okay. in there, but then I do know I'm. I believe I'm the one. We did more than one because sometimes you do more than one at a time or in a very short amount of time. And this was a million years ago. <laughs> uh, but if you watch one of the original Hordak intro ads, that's mm. that's me holding Hordak coming through. So, dude, that's so fun. fucking cool, man. That's way cool. And and speaking of Wolfman's Got Nards, which again is available for Blu-ray on Amazon.com <laughs> or VOD, uh, yep. uh, one of our one of our great interviews is with Adam Green, the you know the director, right? And uh, you know from uh, uh, Holliston and and Victor Crowley and uh, things like that. Um, 
he's wearing, uh, unbeknownst to me, we showed him, he's wearing a Hordak t-shirt. Oh, and oh, cool. a lot of stuff we always ask people not to wear branded anything because yeah. I, we, we have nothing blurred out in this movie. Like, right. I, I, you know, nothing blurred out because uh, we always took precautions. But he's wearing a Hordak shirt. And it, it, Clarence was fine with it because no one knew what it was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's not a real thing. Don't worry about it. And I'm sitting there looking at Adam going, Adam, realize I did the commercial for Hordak. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's, never mind. Keep going. That's Keep going. so funny, man. Yeah, you know. and, and That's awesome. You're probably right because around that time, no one was giving too much shit when y'all were filming that about these characters. And then, like, within the last... I want to say Origins, the the Masters Universe line, Origins hit the market about a year ago. And they are, I mean, mopping up the the action figure world right now. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, dude. Because, like, um, like in, in the collector's world, like, going out to, to go find them, there's only two figures you'll ever find on the shelf, and that's He-Man and Skeletor. Everybody, right. all the other figures are hot. Like, I mean, hot. It's so hard to get anybody else. Oh, man. I wish I had. I wish I still had mine. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? <clears throat> we, Me either too. Got, we either got given them on the set or like you walk home with a Castle Grayskull. Or something. Oh. <laughs> dude, dude. I watched a guy sell a boxed Castle Grayskull. Now, this is now let's think about this. The guy was probably my age and, mm. and I'm sitting there going, OK, first off. You're my age, and you said you've had this since you were a kid. Why is it un not unboxed? Like, right. what kind of fucking kid are you? First off, yeah. you know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I played with mine until I got rid of it. Probably when I moved out of my parents' house, right? Like yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I watched a guy sell that that freaking thing, and it was graded, and he sold that box, that 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 Castle Gray Skull for six thousand dollars. Oh my god! For a box Castle Grayskull. Now I'm gonna go see if I still have my Castle Grayskull. I've got a lot of stuff right. sitting in my mom's garage still that dude, needs to be pushed through. They, they, are like I've been trying to get my my um my original stuff again. I had to. I, I was uh, in some financial debt, so I had to sell my entire Star Wars and Masters and Turtles and everything collection. So I would oh. so I wouldn't lose my house and, you know, I wouldn't have uh, you know, my family needed somewhere to live, basically. So I'm sure. like, well I gotta get right. rid of this stuff, you know. And, at and least, they can't live in Castle Grace. Right. I mean <laughs> and at least at least I had that as a backup. You know what I'm saying? I was like And that's kind of like, you know, what would you know, like collectors and stuff always say is like, oh, one day this will like buy me a house or this will put my kids to college. It and works. You actually did that. Yes. You, you use it to pay to do, for your house. To do something smart with it, you know, and then, yeah. like, you know, and like, and it helped me. So now I'm like, I, I'm dying to start trying to piece together the classic ones again. Man, there is mm-hmm. no way I could touch that stuff. Some of those, right. some of the loose, <laughs> loose out of the box with all their weapons are like $300. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I need to go look in some boxes. I'm yes, you do. Sure. Yes, you do. My friend. Um, and, and, and just hit me I've up. Got, I've got a whole box of, I was never a comic book kid. I mean, in comics, I mean, yeah, I know you're a collector, but I don't, I don't know anything about, it. I, I know comics, but I don't know anything about them. Right. Right. And right. when I was a kid, you would either get some or people would always, 
it's such the the perfect birthday gift, like when you're seven. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, because when your your friends are spending thirty eight cents on you or something with that, right. <laughs> and um, you know, and they're like, oh, here's Spider Man, uh, and I love I loved comics. I, I love the visuals of it. I love the storytelling, and I think it's great for young kids to read, you know, because it's not a lot of reading. It's just enough reading. Uh, so I think they're fabulous. It's a fabulous medium. But I've still got this stack of comic books from the from the mid and late seventies. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you might have some gold I, in know, there, I, buddy. I still have to take them over to. Um, I told my buddy Ciro Nielli, who uh, is, a, is is an artist and an animator, and he was the executive producer of uh, uh, the latest Turtles animated show. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, and yeah, nice. He's also in the documentary in, the, in his awesome garage, which is basically a collectibles room. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I was like, man, I, I don't – it's not that I don't trust anybody, but like I'd rather bring this stack of old comics and I want you to look through them because you would – you would your your reaction would be genuine. Right. Uh, and then you would, you would bullshit me <laughs> like if one was worth money or Yeah, not. you wouldn't have somebody uh, going, oh, that's not worth anything, but I'll buy it from you for like a dollar, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's worth like four fifty or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I have, and I did research this because years ago, the the one good thing I used Twitter for, I asked my fan base. I said, <laughs> "Okay, uh, comic book people, um, I have the," and I took a photo. I have Star Wars comic books one, two, and three, <laughs> and apparently it, it the what made the difference in the value. And I could be wrong because I could might not be remember. This is five or six years ago. Uh, it depend on if the price up in the corner was in a square or in like the diamond, <laughs> huh, <laughs> and okay. that made the difference of the price. It, I'm like, that, Wait, what? It may have been. It may have meant where if it was uh, uh, the first printing or the second printing of it. That might, correct. That might yeah. And uh, I yeah. think I had the. I, I wasn't. I don't. I don't even remember which. If I have the good one or the or the not good one. <laughs> but I still got. The, I've got. I mean, I've got some crazy comics, but you know, nothing like earth shattering. You know, um, but you know, some are there, and like I don't like they're bit. They've literally been in a bin, in a garage <laughs> for forty years. Right. And I'm like, someone needs to enjoy these. And so Ciro and I, we were going to do it a while ago, but then kind of, um, I don't know if you've heard, but like the world shut down. Yeah, there was this thing, uh, uh, COVID, I think it was called. Yeah, I think it was the name of the new meteor and everybody went underground. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, I I think it would have been better if it was a meteor and it would have only taken eight months for us to come back. Right, right, yeah. Um, Yeah. you Could probably, dusty, but you, yeah, yeah, when we were all been like uh, wearing masks and shit, like we are now, um, right. and and uh, all the people who don't read on me, all the people who didn't believe in the asteroid, uh, <laughs> wouldn't really be wouldn't really be voicing that opinion for long. Right. <laughs> that's right, and and that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do, do you do you need to? Yeah, it's okay. Full uh, other podcast. Are are you? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, so that's my that's my comic books thing. I was trying to cover both of y'all's interest in some interesting comic books. That's awesome, man. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, Ciro and I still have a date. We got to go over to his house and, and hang out. And I'm just, I'm just gonna plop this like stack of comic books and just let him look through. <laughs> yeah, nah, he did that uh, Nickelodeon version of the Turtles. I, I love that series. That, that yeah, was a lot. That of was my did. favorite of. And even though like I grew up on the other ones, like that was that was the one I thought like was just the perfect 
mix of everything like, yeah it was... I, I even used to like draw them that way like i was like i i that was my favorite of all the sort of series. Yeah, my son is a huge fan of that series. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, he's only five, but I mean, he loves it. He's got like the figures. He plays with them all the time. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, uh, a lot of people like that show. And and Ciro's super. He's super talented. Super mm-hmm. talented. And uh, and and a cool dude. And he's got a great house. Like his his that the garage that we shot the dock in is not where he lives now. He bought a house out in the valley, oh, and nice. um, now his house is the collectible place. <laughs> and his garage is the workspace and he's got an awesome old vintage mustang and uh oh, cool uh i think he's got a yeah he's got a black 69 fastback and Jesus. and then he's just got this awesome workspace and he's so talented like these guys i don't know if you can draw i can't draw or shit like i can't draw and i mean when when people can or like I know some amazing artists because I've met a ton of them and I've worked with a ton. Like they sit down with a pencil and a napkin. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like it's insane. How do you do that? Yeah. And uh, but I think we all have some really good schools. But he's he's an awesome guy. And um, in his currently in his uh, one of his collectibles in his pinball machine room. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> speaking of another artifact that doesn't need to be in a box in a garage, is uh, I've I've owned Rudy's bow since we shot the movie. What? And so yeah, I have Rudy the the bow that Ryan shoots in, in Monster Squad. I've had ever since nice. we wrapped. And long story short, I I ended up I was like I don't need that. Ryan should have this. Like we're doing all these appearances, and I brought I flew it across country with him and presented it to him at this at the Castro Theater in San Francisco where he was living at the time, and like the crowd went nuts. And he was like, I can't bring this home on the on the Bart. I'm like, I gotta take it back now. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to give it to you, like you can have on your wall, like it's your bow, it's Rudy's bow, and he ended up. I, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll take it to my friend Patrick's place and you got to come get it like this weekend. He's like, okay. So three years later, <laughs> like he still hasn't gone over the We've all moved back to LA and the bow moves to Montana with my friend Patrick. But I ended up getting it back. And uh, it, the Ryan and I, uh, Casiro and uh, Grace Marion, who live in this house, Grace is the one who had the I Heart Rudy zine that she put oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that's great. Um, we go over to their house, uh, to Ciro's house, and have like movie nights and uh, pool parties and and um, weird beer tastings. And uh, <laughs> we, Ryan and I, brought the bow oh, into wow. Ciro's house and said, uh, "This is on loan from the estate of Halloran and Crenshaw, <laughs> and um, we because it needs to be, you know, enjoying being." viewed and hung out right. with other cool collectibles and so he, he he engraved a little plaque for it and it's on the wall like in in his pinball machine room so it's, it's, it's pretty bad <laughs> that is pretty uh, awesome so. you know i was gonna ask if, if you ever were able to take anything from a set you know like you know something like that because i know there, there's a lot of actors that you know they couldn't take anything because they were they're so strict about shit it's true. Uh, it's true. Well, one, a lot of times you can't, uh, a lot of times you can take wardrobe, uh, if they have multiples. Uh, but most shows and movies have to keep the wardrobe, you know, in a, in a closet for six or eight months or a year before, until the show comes out or the movie comes out in case you right. have to do reshoots. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have multiple, sometimes you can get away with that. I have some awesome <clears throat> wardrobe from you know over the years. Awesome. And uh, Monster Squad, I got Rudy's bow. I have my entire wardrobe from Monster Squad, including of course the Stephen King rules T-shirt. Awesome, and, oh, dude, uh, that's so good. Which, which is doesn't get any more singular of as yeah. an artifact. You know, it's yeah. not like oh. Uh, you know, this is a, talk about one of a kind. Dude, you need to put that in a um, fucking frame and put that in your house, dude. Seriously, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, well, that's also been in the. It's been in a bin for for decades. <laughs> and if you've seen if if you've seen the documentary, or if you haven't seen the documentary, uh, don't leave during the end credits. Okay, all right. Oh, good, okay. good to know. Because there yeah. is a uh, there is a fun bit with the shirt. Um, oh, at yeah. uh, West West Caldwell, my man West cut together. It's genius. I love it. It's one of my favorite bits in the whole movie, uh, and it's during the it's during the credits. <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, I have that. I also have this awesome jacket. Um, actually, two jackets. One's awesome, and one's not awesome. <laughs> uh, from a show I from a show I did called uh, Father. Uh, wait, no, that was from um, was that from Fathers and Sons or Heart of the City. It was from a show called Heart of the uh, Fathers and Sons, which is this awesome TV show that I did that Michael Zimberg and Randy Zisk uh, were producing and directing, who are big TV names still. Um, and it was this cool leather jacket. And it was literally from the uh, 20th Century Fox like costume department, but it was from the 40s and 50s. It was like this Whoa. cool leather box. Bomber jacket that's like super kid size, and I still have that because I also wore it in another show uh, that Zenberg and Zis did called Heart of the City. I played the street criminal, so I wore this cool leather jacket. That's fucking cool. Man. And then um, I have this other, um, I guess not cool leather jacket. It's suede, but um, when I joined the cast of the Hogan Family years later, um, uh, Jeremy Licht and Danny Ponce's character, the, the younger brothers, had this friend yeah. who was sort of like the bad influence in the neighborhood. And that was me. And in the, in the first episode, <laughs> so, I wore like a regular leather jacket. <clears throat> and then I came back on the show, you know, to do, you know, four or five more episodes. And they put me in this suede jacket with fringe on it. I'm like, who wears this? <laughs> I was like, Trust me, the only dude that looked cool in a fringe jacket was Kevin Costner in Silverado. Right? That is <laughs> I was going to say Clint Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah he, okay. Yeah, him too. Um, that's okay. And I'm like, what is this jacket? This is no way. And I mean, it was straight out of the like contempo casuals at the mall. And I was like, wow. <laughs> And I wore it and it kind of became iconic. And I should have I should have understood that and played it better. But I hated wearing that jacket. Was it, I still have that jacket. Oh um, man. That's so so cool. yeah, this and prop I don't I'm trying to think of like props and stuff, but usually those are kind of proprietary or yeah. you know, if people created it, they keep it. Um uh, yeah, I mean I have Rudy's bow, so that's kind of cool. Like, like, uh, out of the two, uh, three films we were, well, two films and one TV show we were in, uh, the only thing I actually got to get out of the shows where there was a, uh, I told, actually, I told this, uh, story last, last episode, but I'm gonna tell it again. Uh, Clancy Brown was in a film with us and, uh, he was playing this fake asshole character that he was doing, um, like he was at a comic book convention. He was signing, you know, his uh, fake name Adam King to these these mm-hmm. head these headshots you know and hand them mm-hmm. throwing them out to people and uh, so 
when uh, we were we were set on the set as um, uh, we weren't we weren't extras. We were we were basically featured. We, we were playing uh, like it was ourselves at a convention, so we were playing our, ourselves in like the artist <laughs> alley. Yeah, kinda, got it. Uh, yeah. It's like we all had booths, like all local artists. So we're just hanging like out. We're just all hanging out together, like we always do. Yeah, at conventions, it was that's what we did was, the whole time was, on the it set. It was like being at a local convention, but there was nobody actually buying stuff. From yeah, us, which was kind of like some conventions. <laughs> but but so when when we were just sitting there and they they called lunch or whatever, so we're all sitting there like oh, I guess we should go eat lunch. And so I walked over to the area that they were doing that, and I was like, well, fuck it. I took one of the pictures. I'm like, they're not going to do that. <laughs> they're going to throw them in the garbage. So I just took right. it. And I still have it right here. It's framed on my wall, and it says it, it's, it's a picture of Clancy Brown. It says Adam King, and he really scribbled on it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's kind of one of one of a, one of ish a kindish. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, you can't get it anywhere else. But what I, my my plan is is to take this picture that says Adam King, and if I ever see him at a convention, have him sign his name to it and oh, and, yeah. and actually use it. You know. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Because like, you yeah, remember I when you did this movie? Character, if there was a character autograph, I think I would like a Jason Nesbitt nice. <laughs> autographed <laughs> uh, from Galaxy Quest. That'd be cool. I would, yeah. I would take that. Yes. Take In that. a heartbeat. Because that's one of my all, like uh, underrated all-time favorite movies, man. Oh, yeah. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest is, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't watched the documentary on that, you need to watch that. <sighs> I started it, and then I was like, I, I want to go back and watch Galaxy Quest again. And I did that, and I haven't gotten back to the documentary on it. That's one of the things that's weird with documentaries about films um, mm-hmm. and or I, I'm not a I'm not a bonus features guy. Uh, yeah, like I'm I'm usually not because for f- movies for me are they're make believe and they're mm-hmm. my escape. And they're my fantasy and dream, you know dream world and imagine it's my imagination, and then like once you watch something, especially something called a documentary, you're like, oh, this got real, right? <laughs> and it takes me out of that. This is fan- I I lose myself in these in stories and characters, even though I know how the sausage is made. Literally, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I that's what I love about movies and tell. Like, I I don't want I don't want to watch. Like I swear I do want I don't want to see BTS stuff from Harry Potter. I don't. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just don't. I don't want to watch a documentary on the making of my favorite movie. Because like, it's my favorite movie. Yeah. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, my go to movie like Silverado is one of my go to movies. I will watch that all day long. And I'm like, I don't want to see like Kevin Klein goofing off with Brian Dennehy at the lunch table. <laughs> like <laughs> right? they're enemies in, in a in a shootout in the old west. I'm like, I don't right. no way I don't want to see that. The fantasy goes uh, away. I do like watching like some making of stuff of how they did some technical stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I've just always been a weird, like not bonus features guy. Yeah. Uh and documentary I love documentaries as as a subject matter, but I kind of yeah. stay away from I gotta stay away from them when they will take me out or away from my imagination. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm half and half. Well, first of all, uh, a good way to plug your documentary. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll let you do that. I'm, I'm a little tired of. I'm that's right. right yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm half and half on those. Like sometimes, I like I I will really get into it because I'm like, well, it's it's my favorite thing, so I want to see I want to see more of it. But then yeah. other times, if it's behind the scenes stuff, it's like. Oh, seeing Leonard Nimoy as Spock, but he's smiling. Like that's just weird. I don't. I don't. 
Why is he standing behind a camera and filming everyone else? It's, it's yeah. a little weird. But um, so yeah, it, it, it depends. Like I guess I don't even know if it depends on what it is or if, if it just depends on my mood. Like yeah, sometimes I'll I'm all about the behind the scenes stuff because I do want to see just more of it. Like even if it's you know you're you're seeing them filming the scene, but it's from a different camera behind the camera. So it's like ooh, I, I feel like I'm there watching it kind of thing. Right. Um, I even it, and sometimes it it gets you know on a different level. Uh, there's actually some some really cool kind of do, uh, documentary type stuff. It's on YouTube about um, just the the scope and scale and scale is the pun because they built so many different scale models of the building for uh, the Towering Inferno. Oh wow! And okay. if you're if you ever seen that movie. Uh, you know, it's a giant, you know, disaster flick from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And the tie in there is I grew up watching that movie constantly because my sister's the little girl in it. Oh, and really? She's the one that, that gets saved by Paul Newman and, Jenner, you know, it's, oh, it's sure. her, like, looking land who was Bobby Brady. So my sister's the little blonde girl in Towering Inferno. <laughs> That's really cool. Huge stars. That's awesome. And so, you know, years later, the internet finally gets invented and we watch YouTube and we can see all these really cool stuff about old movies that you would never get. And mm-hmm. that that's fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, it's some things like I, I dig learning about other stuff, but then also I'm like, I don't want to see where I love like on location stuff where, where, where you can pick stuff out, mm-hmm. um, or like back lot. And I've been on all the back lots, you know, like I've shot movies and TV shows and all these great places. And I'm like, yeah, this is really cool that you know, right behind the, you know, right around the corner from town square where we shot the, 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 the end of monster squad, like on the other side from the church, we're in monster squad, but you don't see, it's like a big city hall municipal building. And that was boss hogs office. And that was the town <laughs> hall. That was the town hall in uh, the music man, you know, with Robert oh, Preston okay. and mm-hmm. all these movies have shot on town square at, at Warner brothers and on the ranch. But then if you go behind that building, <laughs> It's like old Europe. It's like a European type street and there's a cafe and that cafe is where they shot La La Land. But if you're sitting in the, you know, if you're sitting in that cafe from La La Land looking across the street at the facade of the old European block, that's the apartment that Ilsa lived in in Paris in Casablanca. And you're like, wait. What is happening? Like, <laughs> this is really cool, but now every time I watch <laughs> Casablanca, I'm like, it's Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, take me back to Paris. You were who uh, they were. Hey, it's like, you know, it's like, ah. And, uh, but it's it's neat to kind of to kind of share those kind of experiences about being around some really cool shit. Yeah. Like, there's, like, people go around, like, I forgot his name, but he's got his, his whole podcast shows he goes around and, and does uh, uh well jared count jared, jared cowan who used to write for la weekly has a podcast uh-huh. called on location which is cool That's and cool. it's kind of funky because it's a podcast but they actually go to the shooting locations and interview the people at these podcasts even though it's an audio only podcast it still it still has a thing That's uh cool. but then there's guys that walk around uh you know and, and do like little tours which i think is cool because mm-hmm. uh, i i like you know seeing the sausage being made is different than going, whoa, I didn't know that was, you know, the same house that they used in this movie or that movie. That's kind of cool right. for a lot of people. Yeah. And I dig that too. I dig it yeah. too. You know, you were talking about um, uh, people going on location to uh, 
you know, like just show different things and stuff with the podcast. One of our uh, former guests, Sean Clark, uh, he's also a. Uh, um, oh, he has on Horror's Hollow Ground. Yes, there you go. Yeah, Horror's Hollow Ground. Oh, I've yeah. known Sean for years. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. He came on the show not that long ago. Um, but no, I, I really dig what he does. That's what I, that when you when you mentioned that, I was kind of like, that's kind of cool. You know, he goes to all the spots that were filmed. You know, the yeah. different horror, even even yeah. if they aren't there anymore. Like he'll show right. up and he'll be like, "Yeah, well, this is where the uh, house used to be. Um, now there's like right. nothing here but a street." <laughs> you right. know, I right. dug that. I thought that shit was funny, man. And he's like, "He goes, yeah." I said, "I watched the one with you know the recent one I watched was the um, oh god, what is it? Uh, Return of Living Dead." He says, "Yeah, most of that shit's not even there anymore." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I really loved the way you acted in it. Where you were walking, you know, this is where the punks walk down the street like this." <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, the this building wasn't here when they built when they did this. <laughs> it was, it's, it's so, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, Sean's uh, especially in the you know in the in the horror space, you know that yeah, that's been around for a while. And I remember that being one of the the first things that I realized that people really got into. Uh, and I, I mean, I met Sean for the first time I think in like oh seven, nice, nice or oh yeah. eight or something. Very and I've cool known guy. him ever since. And and you know, very cool dude. Very always oh, nice. Oh yeah. Um, and you know he got very busy, you know, for years actually repping a lot of huge names, you know, to, yeah, to appear at conventions. Yeah, his business has blown up since. I mean, he's he's got a. I was like surprised at all the people that was on his list. Very yeah, cool, very cool. And um, yeah, but I love seeing you know going around whether it's horror. Uh, you know, sci-fi is a little different because usually yeah. building a different planet. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a little different because they got to use like sets and stuff. But you know, yeah, but you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, sci-fi. I guess it's sci-fi, but. Um, you know, most of the exteriors and neighborhood shots for E.T. Yeah. were actually in my neighborhood that I grew up in. <laughs> oh, no shit. That's oh, super wow. cool. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, you've, if, if you've seen E.T. or if you've oh, heard about yeah. this movie, it's called E.T. <laughs> and uh, it's about this boy who finds an alien. And uh, but, you know, oh. yeah, that, that's up in a lot of that's up in Porter Ranch and Granada Hills. And that's where I grew up in, in t- both of those neighborhoods. And so, like, you know, when they're riding their BMX bikes being chased by the cops and they're, mm-hmm. they're yeah. going down the the housing pads, um, if you go there now, there's houses there and they've been there for 35, 40 years. Right. But mm-hmm. we, invent, we invented that. <laughs> like, they ripped that off. <laughs> like, like, I we, did that before you. Did, we went in those construction zones and went down on those on, on those. Uh, it's scary as shit because they're kind of <laughs> steep. And um, but yeah, that's that's my old neighborhood. And the the scene where they're on the bus, getting on the bus, and he says, "Get it, Uranus." Uh, <laughs> that house is actually a house I lived in. Really? <laughs> lived oh, in that's, oh, that's so cool. That's yeah, awesome, like dude. it's a, this little bank of uh, um, like a, a flowered little hillside, and then a, a house on the side of a house. And I lived in that house for a couple of years. Oh, man, <laughs> and that's then, cool. Uh, yeah, the the iconic shot of when they're driving down the street that has all these huge uh, 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 pine trees and they take off for the first time in the bike. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's on White Oak Avenue, right at San Fernando Mission. And I lived in two different houses about a block and a half away from where they take <laughs> off. Jeez. And so I'm always like I drive like filmmaker friends or pals. And like if we're up in that neighborhood for some reason, I'll drive mm-hmm. them down that street and I, you know, had, you know, huge ET fans in my car one time. And I, I said, all right, guys, I'm, I'm turning this, uh, I'm turning the corner here. Now look out the, look out the front. 
and they go, oh my god, because it's the, <laughs> all those big trees are still there. And I'm like, and right. I'm like, yeah, this is my. We just drove from my old house like a block away. So <laughs> I, I, I love that. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, dude, man, it, it's 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 pretty awesome that you know how many iconic things that you've actually been around and involved with, dude. It's right. it's really impressive. You know, it is. It's weird. And I've really been talking like, or people have been asking me about stuff like that, especially in the last, you know, definitely five or six years, but really kind of this last year, because I've done so many podcasts and people kind of, they kind of rifle through and knit and go and get granular on my resume and ask yeah. me about obscure stuff. And uh, it's interesting because if you look at my resume of, you know, I've done a, a, a ton of you know, cool guest spots on great shows, which everybody freaks out about. And the only reason I had all the time to do all these great guest spots is because I wasn't bogged down doing one television show for like six, seven or eight years. Right. Mm-hmm. I did five or six TV shows that went one season <laughs> or two at the moment. But then you have time off until you get the other one. I So instead of doing one show for – Six years. I did six shows that went one season. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can count them right now. And so it affords that time of, of being able to jump around and do a ton of stuff. And yeah. not everybody else has that. You know, they've done some cool stuff also, but not, you know, my kind of like if you go down the, the, the resume, you know, bullet point by bullet point, it's like, where did you have the time to do all this? It's like, <laughs> because I had the time to do all this. <laughs> In between all these other shows that, and you never know. You do one show and you do a, a pilot that doesn't get picked up or you do five episodes and it doesn't get picked up. Yeah. But if it did, you could have been on that show for 10 years. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and exactly. not been able to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that's true because you got to be you got to go to work every day. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then you wouldn't have the opportunities to do other cool shit. Absolutely. Now it's cool that you did a show for ten years. That's yes. what you want. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You also get to do all the other cool shit. Um, and it's it's not just the time of it, but it's also. I mean, it's the contractual obligations. You're not allowed to even go do anything else. Man. And you know, there's that's there's crazy. a couple times that I ran in with contract issues that you know for for things that I wasn't able to do other shows, or you know, we all we all have examples of that and yeah. and then we all have examples of getting you know cast in two things at one time and you pick one and the other one's a huge hit uh-huh. you know stuff like that so but you know it's a that's that's where it uh you know you look back on it and it shakes out you're like i got to do some cool shit yeah man yeah. all right i got i got i got one good question and i have i have something funny to say the one question i want to know is is was there any any role i mean i'm sure there was plenty of roles but was there any role out there that you tried out for but didn't get that was like huge I mean, you got a pad and paper. <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, I mean, if, if like, there was just know, like when you're a kid, especially in in my era or yeah. our, I call it our era because you know we're all part of this small group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're reading for you're reading for everything, and right? That's, yeah. how, that's why you're friends with everybody in the business because you see each other every day, and you're reading for the same roles and the same projects. And sometimes you get to work with each other on them. Sometimes, like sometimes I get it. Sometimes my friend you know uh, uh you know jason gets it or you know scott gets it or you know whatever and i mean there were there was a handful all um, right that's cool the one role the yeah. one role that uh, i i do wish i had been because i just wanted to be in the movie because it's one of my favorite movies of all time um i screen tested for uh teddy duchamp and stand by me nice oh. nice 
Nice. Um, I know why I didn't get it at the end. I mean, I got very close. I went, you know, you know, to the end because Feldman was fantastic as this troubled kid. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. needing to be part of a group. And he was fabulous <clears throat> in that movie. Uh, all four of those kids are great in that movie. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there was, um, I'm, you know, in an example of, you know, getting two show, you know, getting two shows at the same time, uh, I, you know, I had mentioned a couple of shows like with Michael Zinberg and Randy Ziss. This yeah. was all off the Fox lot. And I was doing I was doing all the stuff that Fox was doing as a studio uh, for different networks. But then we did Monster Squad and then straight coming out of Monster Squad, Fox became a new the fourth network. Oh, right. Okay. And I got uh, there was, I think, seven original shows when the network launched. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got offered two of them, and uh, one um, one had uh, nobody known attached to it. Mm-hmm. The pilot it was it was only guaranteed to shoot and air the pilot, I believe, and it was uh, uh, paying scale, I, I believe, which is like kind of like the the, the union. Minimum, right? right? It was yeah, just paying because right. yeah, yeah. it was just new show. Didn't have anybody attached to it that that knew any that anybody knew, and it wasn't even guaranteed to go to series. I don't, I don't think. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one was guaranteed to go two seasons, and it was Johnny Carson's production company, uh, produced by Ed Weinberger, who was one of the biggest TV names yeah. in the history of television, uh, and it was starring George C. Scott. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so uh, I've right. heard not only George E. Scott, but uh, Conrad Bain was like the oh, second lead wow. of the show, yes. coming off of you know different strokes, different and, strokes. Uh, and and a ton of other things because these were all veteran you know people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was actually paying you know because it was a it was a high it was a high dollar show because George C. Scott said, uh, "I'll do television, but I want to be the highest paid actor ever to do television." Um, <laughs> so he was at that time, and then like three stages down at Paramount, Ted Danson went, "Wait a minute." <laughs> um, uh, I'm the number one guy on the number one show in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. I want a million dollars an episode. And then Ted Danson got a million dollars an episode. Um, but the, and the show was called Mr. President with George C. Scott. And nice. we did two seasons and oh, it was just, yeah. uh, it wasn't as funny as it, it could have been or should have been. And, uh, it, I, there was a lot of turmoil on the set between George C. Scott and I don't know, everybody. <laughs> and, um, but, but then it was amazing because in season two, they brought in Madeline Kahn. Oh wow! Madeline Kahn, like our mother went away, but they brought the aunt in, and what a great move! And Madeline Kahn, I mean, geez, what a force! Yeah. Uh, So I did that show for two years, and uh, it was it was it was well paying back then. Um, Mm. Even though me and the girl that was the sister, who uh, named Maddie Corman, uh, who if you saw her, you'd be like, oh, her, (laughs) right. fabulous you know fabulous actor out of new york um just this just great kind of presence and uh very funny i think um uh the and we did that show and it 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 went for two seasons and it was an experience and a half and i wouldn't trade it for the world uh but the other show was married with children (laughs) oh fuck i've heard of that one so yeah, that's so that's thing. but see, we all—it's not just me. Like we all have stories like that, you know. Yeah. We all have stories where our friend got another show that was big, or got a show that we or a movie that we really wanted to do. Um, but that's just part of the every day, right? You know, because yeah. that if that's what you're doing and you're in that small group, like 
I mean, that literally happens every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and um, the the only other kind of like, oh, that sucks, um, was if I have the if I have the the, the if I was told the story correct, I think I was, but um, I was T.J. Hooker's son on T.J. Hooker. <laughs> Nice. And, <laughs> I'm so and, jealous. But they only <laughs> like for years, you know, they had he had talked like the 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 character TJ Hooker had talked about having kids, and they lived, I think, in like Seattle or something. Right. Yeah. The, he talked to him on the phone, or like he he would he was supposed to come to visit, and then a case come up, and he'd have to bail. Uh, but then they were, as the show was getting long in the tooth <laughs> and needing to be canceled, uh, they they decided to bring the kids to him. And so, like, we would come down and stay with dad. And uh, so they had two kids. And I think we did four four episodes or something. And then the show got canceled. Man. <laughs> right but, dude, that's so and, cool uh, you got to work but with I, th- I think the kids were literally the shark. Like, bringing in the kids, <laughs> we're the shark of DJ Hooker. <laughs> but the show got canceled. But it got picked up by another network for, like, another season. But they decided to not uh, have the kids be part of it. And as I think the reason as the contract had an expiration date of like six months later, um, uh, I couldn't do any other network TV shows. Ugh. And um, I had gotten uh, offered uh, growing pains. Jesus Christ, wow. man. And uh, for uh, Jeremy Miller's role. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was unable to do growing pains. And, but like I said, that's, I mean, that's what two, maybe three stories of uh, two stories of like, oh shits. But I mean, we, I mean, everybody has those. Right. right. It's yeah. just, it's not like, oh my God, you got screwed. It's not that at all. That's just no, how it goes. No, and that's, I mean, you could have, you know, plug in anybody in a conversation from yeah. back in that day. And they, even, and we all have different stories. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Keith Kilgan was telling us about that kind of stuff. Like he was, you know, tried out, he, he actually was did the same thing you did, but for, I, I don't remember which character it was for stand by me, but he was, he tried for one of those too. I think uh, Keith read for Will Reaton's part. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure, I but yeah, I couldn't remember what he had said. Cause that, that one would, that one would work. And he would have been great in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But boy, I mean, what a great, you know, this, it's one of those things where somebody, Rob Reiner or, you know, whatever sees someone like Will Wheaton and go, Nope that's the kid yeah right yeah and you know this kid is so exactly what i need you know for the for this role yeah Uh, river different story he was just starting you know to be this force and uh you know had a presence all of his own uh jerry Mm -hmm. o'connell was super new uh but Corey had been around for a while and yeah. uh, you know, and then brought this whole other thing to Teddy Duchenne. And those are four four great casting. The, the, I mean, would I have liked to have been Teddy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would I have done <laughs> the thing that Feldman done? No. Right. It'd have been different. And that that's why people get cast in movies. Like sometimes they make the right choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, yeah, I, I love I love the fact that Stand by Me led to you know stuff for for Will like a ton of other things like toy soldiers and yeah. you know, next generation. Yeah. Um, but you know, Ryan Lambert was, it was <laughs> Ryan Lambert went to costumes and I, I think this is one of Ryan's stories. Uh, yes. He has two good ones that suck. And uh, <laughs> they were, I think at the beginning of uh, before next generation started shooting, um, 
And this was my right at the time I was doing that show, Mr. President, on the Paramount lot. So I used to go over and ride my bike and and go to the set of Star Trek Next Generation, um, oh. and, and, and hang out. And so I met I met Patrick Stewart in the makeup trailer before the oh, show even dude. aired. Oh, and uh, and and I went on the bridge. I went on the bridge of the the set before oh. the show had even come on. And I was like, "Oh yeah, great, a space show, Star Trek. I wonder if it's <laughs> going to be any good." And it's my favorite Star Trek show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, hands down, dude, hands down. <laughs> but Ryan Ryan Lambert, who played Rudy in Monster Squad, it's got a great story where apparently I was not a part of this. I just know the story. Uh, they hadn't decided whether Wesley Crusher was going to be like cool or nerdy. Right. Mm-hmm. And if it was cool, it was going to be Ryan Lambert. Fuck. And, uh, so and stood on and took photos and did screen tests on the bridge, like in the outfit and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> if he was going to be like the cool kind of like rock kid in space. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. or, or, the, or the nerdy, you know, kind of genius kid. And they went with the nerdy genius kid, obviously. Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> man, man, man. That's crazy shit, dude. It's crazy shit. Look, look. Before we before we get out of here, man, I want I wanted to say this. I think it would, this would be great. So I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna petition this for whoever's putting out these these uh, Masters Universe toys. Look, you got a great guy here. He's did the he he's already been there, guys. He's already been there. He's done the commercials for Masters Universe. <laughs> you need him to bring it back. Do like a retro commercial, but of oh, all yeah. the like all the uh, the older actors who have done the, the you know bring the kid actors back grown up playing with the new figures. How awesome oh, would that be? A, that's a great idea. Or like giving them to our kids for yes. gifts or something. Yeah, would that uh, not be yeah, fucking I can, great? I can name like five or ten of them right now of all yeah. the kids that can come back. Like, See, uh, how cool would that me be? Me and R.D. Rob and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I think that would be funny as hell, and it would be a great commercial. And, like, uh, you know, it would kind of give that, like, because they could, what they could do is they could uh, they take the old clip commercial of the first one, and yeah. then have like you fade in, like yeah, look at this, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and hand yeah, off to the yeah, guys. Drop like my that kids idea. off at school. Here's my battle cat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I, 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 yeah. I either did the first battle cat or like one of the battle cat ones commercials. Oh, I remember that. Cool. That's so awesome, um, man. Because I was actually like battle cats. Are these look cool? I'm like, do these look cool? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, no, that that would actually work. That was a weird time. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, one of the, you know, when you have advertisement commercials, it's, uh, you know, you have the product and then you have the, you know, the brand, but then the ad agency is the one that's coming up with all the commercials and, you know, it's old school ad agency stuff. And, you know, obviously one of the, if you know, ad agency world, uh, one of the biggest ad agencies in the history of ad agencies is Ogilvy and Mather. Mm-hmm. And they had an office down on Wilshire Boulevard where all of the casting for all of the Mattel commercials, because they had the Mattel account. And so you would just go there to do casting. And probably over f- five years or so, I probably did 25 Mattel commercials or something that's, for different products. Super uh, cool, dude. But I was, for some reason, they would just, I would just go down there because I was already in the commercial and I would just have to like go through the audition process with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that was always fun. And I remember doing that for a lot of the Master Universe and a lot of Hot Wheels. Did a lot of Hot Wheels commercial. Nice, yeah. dude. Nice. It's amazing that those things, those lines are still, you know, super popular. I mean, Hot Wheels will never yeah. die, but, you know, like I'm glad that the Master stuff came back out and kids mm-hmm. are, like, my kid loves it. He's, he's, you know, getting into it and I think it's really cool. 
Well, I think I mean they've got to do a reboot of the animated series, and then that'll lead out. to a mo- that'll lead to a movie franchise. Because you know, the first yeah. one was fabulous. Actually, the um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's oh. finest performance. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was, that was not a that was not a good movie. Skeletal, I will break you. Uh, anyway, um, no, it actually is going to be a a new Masters of the Universe cartoon. Yeah. It's coming out um, this year sometime, and it's uh, actually uh, directed by Kevin Smith. So it's it should be oh, yeah. should be interesting. It's called Evolution. Yeah, they did a Shira a couple of years ago. No, it's different though. The Shira stuff is is more of like anime. If you watch yeah. it, it's 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 actually not very good. I tried to watch it. It's really not good. Um, oh, but uh, I think I think Kevin Smith will do a good job. I don't. Is it going to be like yeah. He Man in New Jersey? Yeah, I hope yeah. not. I hope, not. <laughs> I hope it's not going to be Geely. Yeah, smoking weed. I just want to see like come out of Castle Grayskull. Yeah, yeah, I, got... I just want to see Castle Grayskull like exhale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then the eyes instead of round they get slanted. Yeah, just get <laughs> and then. You know Jason Mewes is going to be at least uh, three different voices in that. Oh, show. yeah, man. Yeah. Ram man Holds sitting up, up against the wall. a joint that gets struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> man, look, dude, it was great having you back on the show, man. It was really fun. Um, oh, good. Did, did we actually talk about anything that we were supposed to talk about? I think like, we did. I know you had questions. Like, did we, we went off on tangents like a but No, but that's all right, dude. That's, that's what. Fine. This is how we, that's how we roll, man. And, you know, like, I don't... Yeah. You know, we're 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 not the typical show, man. We don't come, we don't we don't like to. Uh, we like it to be organic, I guess you can say. You know, we just talk yeah, and that's talk. That's always and talk. fun. You never know. That's how uh, that's how we used to like Ryan Lamer and I used to have a podcast. We did it for about a year. Yeah, and that's what it was. Like we had guests on, and like if it went somewhere, it just went. Like it's there's fun. no. <laughs> it's good because you get to actually know the real person instead of the 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 same drab eight nine questions that people ask in every interview you know what i mean like oh yeah and And i prefer that i've had those before exactly exactly (laughs) and 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 we know you have that and everybody (laughs) knows you you're you're plugging you know wolfman.nards and if anybody wants it it's on amazon go check it out go stream it you know all that good stuff everybody knows that so it's streaming on sling on youtube YouTube, on Google Play, on Vudu, and on Apple TV. See that, guys? We, we, we were on top of that shit. But yep. no, we just wanted more, you know, to have you open up and talk about fun stuff, the things that you really cared about, you know, like, you know, your past and shit like that. It's more fun, you know? Yeah. And we we got and that's always that's always fun to do and um and yeah that, this was a blast we got to talk about good TV shows and there's a lot of crossovers and right. we got to right you know you mentioned it and we got some you know I, I tried to thread you know it's always nice when things you have experiences or cool stories that thread in with the stuff with the people that you're talking to super yeah. cool uh, or talking with uh, especially like out. and that's always fun dude, the, it just means all that stuff was fun yeah and we all liked it and um, whether you collect it now or you lament that you didn't collect it back then. Or you just have a good memory of it, whether it's a TV show or an action figure, and um, or you know you're kicking yourself in your own nards that you threw away that Revenge of the Jedi ship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know I do still yeah. have my original Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader with the lightsaber lever in the arm. So oh, oh and the arms oh also. nice, nice. That's great, dude. That's good stuff. Um, but. What yeah, I think man? the you know the only the since we're talking about figure yeah. the, I have from Return I have Weequay. Not you have a Weequay. That's good. I have a Weequay. 
<laughs> that's so funny that you know like the people like everybody's like who's that guy oh, that's weak way how do you know his name what do you mean how do yeah. i know his name <laughs> we're, we, we were star wars generation every character in star wars was a toy right. <laughs> you know everybody we knew and if it wasn't, name. it is now. <laughs> exactly. Like I remember, Thanks, Disney. I remember, dude. I remember when the uh, '95 stuff started coming out, and uh, when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna release Grand Moff Tarkin." I'm like, "Who the fuck is Grand Moff Tarkin?" Like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh, that dude had a name," <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had I had a Grand Moff Tarkin. Hell yeah, me um, too. Yeah. And then that's one of the th- things where I realized I couldn't keep paperbacks because i up until a certain point i think up until 2000 i had read every single extended universe oh oh, man you had a lot i think i had a i had a i had a it wasn't a duffel bag (laughs) it's hard to carry paperbacks in a duffel bag but i think there was like 32 books in there (laughs) yeah that expanded universe was crazy like the mara jade and the the admiral thrawn and all that stuff i'm like oh, man just this there are some cool stories in there though well you don't have to worry about that no more it doesn't exist it, that's what that's, a, that's what that's what disney says it doesn't exist it's like we don't get mara jade in the mandalorian <laughs> right we don't get thrawn in like a trilogy like come on come on guys you got you got to think about that these characters were way better than some of the stuff that you put in these last movies but that's a there, whole nother there story isn't and look, I have not seen The Mandalorian. I haven't yet, so don't. It's good. I, oh, dude, it's, I it's do, amazing. I do want to see it. Amazing. Um, and I will it. watch it all in one sitting. You, you will. Uh, you will. Trust me. Uh, and, but yeah, there. Honestly, like, and here's the thing: as Star Wars fans, that we have to know, and this is a good, good thing to end on, is if 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 you get upset and you don't like certain, you know, like movies or how the Skywalker trilogy, whatever that was. <laughs> I I think there were three completely separate movies that had nothing yeah. to do with each other. <laughs> yes, um, with with some interesting characters. Oh yeah, um, right. And I think I'd like all three of the main new characters. Yeah. Um, I if you ha- even without the hindsight of Carrie Fisher dying, you should have switched her and Holdo. <laughs> yeah. Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. Princess Leia should have done the the light speed maneuver. That that'd have been awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the Holdo per- would have been the leader of the resistance. Perfect had way 10 for movies her- with. Perfect, perfect way yeah. for her to go uh, out and to extend yeah. and extend the series. Perfect way. But, perfect way. But what did you and do? You turned Princess Leia to a fucking superhero. She flies out of the what? The, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And then what do you get? She dies on an airplane. Yes. And that's it's just. And then you don't get to do what you wanted to do. And it was like you should have gone with the better idea. Less is more. Yep. Um. But anyway, the, with those things, they're not. They're not. They're not made for you, and they're not no. made for me. No, they're, they're not. They're made for the the kids of the time who dig them. Uh, and so all of the new movies are, you know, you can enjoy them, whatever. They were okay by my story. Rogue mm-hmm. One oh. is the best Star Wars, is the most Star Warsy movie of any Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I and it was the way it was shot and the production design and the story I, li- I dug. Um I want to see the hour that they cut out in the first act. I yeah. like to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One's really good. That was yeah. a that that was a good one. I enjoyed Han. I enjoyed the Solo movie. I thought Solo, that was yeah. fun. You, yeah. Yeah. It was a fun film. I mean, if it really was, it was fun. It was more it, to me. I'd prefer that over the whatever the second film was that they 
I, out of that I'm, trilogy. I'm, oh, the Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that um, one. You know what? I, I I'll give Solo some some credit. It's not it's not Rogue One for me. No, but, but it's what fun. I would have no. liked to seen is the uh, 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 it, it was Lord Miller, wasn't it? That got yeah. fired. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to seen what they were going to do with it. It probably would have been much better. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. it was still because it would have been grittier and funnier and darker and bluer. Yeah, <laughs> and like more obscure. And, and then Disney was like, "We don't do obscure and niche." Yeah, you guys can't have this. All we right. do smothering. We do enveloping of the <laughs> earth. Smothering. And it's got to. Be, it's got to. It's got to land with everybody. <laughs> oh, we don't goodness. care about fans. No. We care about the the earth. Yeah, we swallow the earth, um, <laughs> and you're fired. Yes, exactly. Mr. Howard. <laughs> Mr. Howard, would you finish this movie for us? It's like you you know what to do. You're like, okay, <laughs> you need this, this, this. Mickey Mouse pops out here. Okay, let's go. Right, right. But I knew we were in trouble when ET showed up in the prequels. Uh, yeah. And 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 is it Insync or the Backstreet? Boys? Yeah, Backstreet, uh, Backstreet Boys were in that. Uh, yeah, no, don't one. don't don't do that. I mean, I get it. It was fun. The Easter eggs were funny here and there, but goddamn, come on! I would have I would have rather uh, what was the the uh, the fan fiction of of Jar Jar being the Sith Lord? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that I, yeah that's oh, it would have made more sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I want to see, and they try it. They've tried it every time, like with Star Wars movies. Is you don't give it to, you know, young. They don't have to be young, but give it to lesser known, hungry directors that have cool stories to tell and visions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that are used to working with low budgets, and don't give them a billion dollars to make a movie. No, right. And that's what to me. I mean, Rogue One's a huge thing, but it looks like it was made for like six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing film. I really enjoyed that one. Like, all, except all for the one. last act, which is much bigger and awesome. That's the payoff. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's a great wait, last act. But oh. leading up to that, looks like it was an indie movie, and that's Dude, what I want. Wait, wait till yeah. you wait till you watch Mandalorian. Man, oh, I know. Yeah, just I've, wait. I've been told. I've it been is. Told. It is. It is. <laughs> it is like it's what every Star Wars fan wants. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's supposed to be a space western, then make it gritty and dirty and spacey. Yes. Yeah. And if every planet is a freaking sand planet, then fine. <laughs> right. There's a lot of sand in the galaxy. Right. There. I mean, they're, they're, every planet is undeveloped. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think. Oh man. I mean, I want to, but uh, <laughs> like we could go on forever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, but let's do it again. We'll, yes. we'll come back and yes, and, we'll do. Uh, we'll be definitely... completely. Fun for the three of us, but completely boring and obscure to whoever's listening. And that's fine by me, but you know what? They, they all like it. Our like fans Disney, like Disney, we don't make it for the fans. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we just make it for ourselves. That's right. We make it for ourselves. Well, uh, well, Andre, man, thank you again, dude. Really, it was really yeah. fun having you back on. Um, you want to you want to plug your film one more time? Um, yeah. Which one's that? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Look, I mean, if anybody's a Monster Squad fan out there, or even if they're not a Monster Squad fan, um, you know, if, it helps if you are, because it makes sense. But uh, <laughs> Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary is out. If you're in the U.S. and Canada, it's on VOD, your favorite VOD platform. Um, some AVOD platforms like Plex. Um, and if you're a physical media collector and you have Monster Squad stuff on your shelf and you need, there's an empty slot. Uh, go to Amazon.com and pick up the DVD or the Blu-ray. Uh, also follow 
uh, at the squad doc on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And if you give a rip enough, you know, uh, definitely, you know, <laughs> follow these guys, but also follow <laughs> me if you want to at Andre Gower on Twitter and oh, yeah. at Andre Gower official on uh, the Instagram. And uh, we'll connect, show me photos, let me know what you think of the doc. Uh, celebrate the people that made the documentary with me, like Henry McComas and Wes Caldwell and Pilgrim Media Group and all these awesome people that show up in it. Um, and uh, that's that's what it's about. It's about celebrating the things, kind of like what we were talking about all day, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. uh, Wolfman's Got Nards isn't just about Monster Squad. It's about how something, like a movie, uh, can impact and connect with someone uh, and stays with them uh, you know, for their entire life. That's right, man. I mean, look, awesome. you, you know, like, like, like you said, I was, I was a Star Wars kid. I was, my first movie was Star Wars yeah. in the theater, you know, yeah. yeah. I was a little boy, a little kid when I went to see it, my mom and dad me brought too. me to see it. And, and, yep. you know, I was, it's been with me for 46 years. Yeah. You know, it's impactful. For, right. I mean, just crazy. You know, so, well, not maybe 40 years, not 46, but you know what I mean? It's been, I've been a fan yes. for uh, my whole life. And um, yeah. I owe my parents for that, and I'm grateful every every minute of the day that I've been a Star Wars fan. Um, yeah. But so go check this documentary out. It'll make you feel good. It'll be fun. It's a great thing. And if you have not seen The Monster Squad, there's something wrong with you. You need to go watch that <laughs> film, too, because that is a great movie as well. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that haven't seen it, so don't just say there's something wrong with you, because that means there's something wrong with a lot of people. So I don't know if that's the math we want, but uh, and that's we sort of talk about why a lot of people uh, don't know the Monster Squad or may not have seen it yeah, or heard true. about it. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, uh, trajectory uh, that this movie had over the last 35 years. Yeah, it's, it's a great film, and I love it, and I'll, yeah. and I'll always be one of my top favorites. So. Um, but like I said, dude, thank you again for joining us and, uh, we'll definitely do this again. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I was your host, Wayne. I was your co-host, Vernon. And that was our guest, Mr. <laughs> Andrew. I, Andrew, listen to me. Andre, Andre Gower. And, uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, remember to keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. Keep it. That's it. Get the fuck